Hey, hey, y'all. What's up? Wagwan. Welcome to Talk Truth, a podcast dedicated to all things growing up Jamaican and mental health. We are your hosts, Chris Ann Vigil, a licensed mental health counselor, and Dr. Claudia Marshall, an assistant professor and licensed professional counselor. This is a safe space for transparent discussions about the good, the bad, the ugly, of the Jamaican experience from a diversity of perspective. We're about to talk about all of it. Okay, so welcome back to Talk the Truth. This week, we will be talking about growing up Jamaican and coping mechanisms so of course you know we're going to give you all the definition and just go into how we coped with some of the difficult times that we had talk about some unhealthy and healthy coping skills the whole nine yards however before we get to that i'm going to turn it over to my wonderful co-host chrisanne to give us the proverb of the day Hi, everybody, and welcome back. So the proverb for today is, So this is saying that you can shake a man's head, but you cannot shake his heart. And what this really means is that it's in, it is impossible to detect what a person has in his or her mind towards you through mere physical contact. Do not, therefore, take people and their opinions or their feelings for granted. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, so when you think about that, I mean, just going off the definition that you gave for that, what came to mind? So I know you say you really can't see what a person is going through, so don't take people for granted. You want to elaborate mm-hmm. on that a little Absolutely, because I think it goes to just a very common proverb. You can't judge a book by its cover. You know, you can't really tell what's going on about a person based on what you see on the surface or to some extent based on how, you know, they engage with you physically. You know, it takes a lot more than that sometimes. You know, sometimes you have to delve a little bit deeper, you know, their emotions, you know, their thought process you know, in order to truly figure out what's going on as opposed to just um, judging them based off of what you see in person. Because a lot of times, which we all know, and sometimes we're um, culprits of that, you know, you put on a good face for yes. whatever whatever the environment it is that you're going to go in, you know, um, something that's very common, you know, as it pertains to race, code switching, you know, you put on this face, you put on that face, you know, so you can never really tell, you know, what's going on with anyone at all, you know, based on their, um, their physical interaction, you know, so which is why it comes back to saying don't take what a person says or how they or their, their emotions or their feelings for granted, because that right there might be the key to what will give you an idea of what's going on. Yeah, I definitely agree with that and can relate to it on so many levels, right? Because there's some days where I'm having a bad day and I go out and I put on this face and everybody's like, how you doing? And I'm like, good. 
you know, our typical answer, I'm a good man, I'm okay. And then you keep it moving, but they really know what you're dealing with. And I think this is perfect to go with the topic that we're talking about today, which is coping, right? Because a lot of us are faced with so many stressful situations on a day-to-day basis that we have to cope with. And some of us find good ways to cope with it, right? While other uh, others find ways, cope with it in ways that are not so healthy and kind of perpetuate the stress and the situations that we're in. And one thing that I wanted to say too was, as far as stress goes, a lot of the times we only think about negative situations that cause us stress. However, there's some exciting and, you know, positive situation that can cause stress too. So like having a child, that's exciting, but that's a stressful situation. Getting married, getting into a new school, mm-hmm. all these different changes that are positive that we go through can cause us some stress too and might be a situation that we have to cope with. So to go into our conversation about coping, um, you want to give them the definition Absolutely. So the definition of coping mechanism is strategies that we utilize to handle stress and or trauma in order to manage difficult emotions. You know, so essentially, you know, the things we turn to doing, you know, whenever we're put in a tough situation, when we're put in a corner of something that brings about difficult, you know, emotions for us, how do we deal with that? What what, what are some of the things that we employ to bring us back to some sort of sanity or, to, or ground us? You know, that's the better word to use. You know, so whatever it is that we do to get us back to a place where we are comfortable and we're not having a hard, difficult, or uncomfortable time with our emotions. You know, so these different things, they help us to adjust to stressful events that would help us to maintain our emotional well-being. You know, so that's what we're going to discuss today, you know, the specific things that particularly as Jamaicans or Claudia and I that we do, you know, to cope with stressful events. Yeah, and even when you were given the definition, one thing that kept popping in my head was control right? Because when we're in these Mm -hmm. situations, when we're experiencing these traumatic events, one thing, one common theme we know with that is that you feel out of control, right? So I guess what I would Mm -hmm. add to that definition, also listening to you, is that it's something that helps us to feel like we have some type of control. It gives us that sense Mm -hmm. of control, right? And in the event that it's a maladaptive coping skill, it might give us a false sense of control, right? Because it, it alleviates us from that trauma, that stress for that moment, but then we have to face that again if we're not dealing with it in a positive way. So while you were talking, that's one thing that popped in my head is that um, sense of control. And even just thinking for myself, thinking about different things. I know last week we talked about trauma and what that looked like in our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking whether or not I had maladaptive um coping mechanisms I was thinking I was like how did you cope with a lot of those things outside of just track and I think a big part of it was that I didn't cope with it like I didn't even want to acknowledge it 
to even cope with it, right? <laughs> so now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the very same thing happened to me. And even just having these conversations with various people in my life, you know, I constantly come back to think to myself, like, how did I cope with it to get to a place right now where, in my opinion, I'd like to think I'm somewhat healthy mentally. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'd like to think that I was totally affected by it, but it really makes you think, what did I do to get to this place? Mm -hmm. You know, what did I do to maintain my current emotional well-being? based on the past trauma that I have witnessed and experienced, whether it was direct or indirect. And you are so right. If we truly think about it, we probably did not. And that in itself, like I said, it's a, it's a maladaptive, you know, um, thing, you know, so it's really interesting that that's the case and it doesn't work that way for everybody. You know, not everyone can say, well, I see mentally healthy right now. And I don't think I was necessarily affected by that, you know, but in, in, you know, I feel like once we get in other specific or similar situation, mm -hmm. that is where that's the tell all that yeah. will truly determine like how we react to it. If we truly did, you know, if we've overcame that or if we were resilient, you know, from past trauma. Yeah. You know? So like you said, the something is, and it's simple, but it's not simple. The need to be in control, mm -hmm. you know? So yes, these are, these are bringing up very, very in intriguing thoughts. It, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it's making me think that, a lot right now. <laughs> that is so crazy to me because now even the conversation that we have, we were having earlier about the importance of distinguishing between defense mechanism and coping mechanism, right? So you gave the definition of coping mechanism, mm -hmm. talking about how it's, these are different strategies that basically help to ground us, or like we were saying just now, give us that sense of control, whether we do have control or not. But going back to what I was saying earlier when I said I don't know how I dealt with my stuff now I'm seeing that I really developed these defense mechanisms right so I'm great at mm -hmm. avoiding right I can avoid them yeah out of things so if something happens and I don't want to mm -hmm. deal with it in that moment the first thing I do is avoid and for me avoiding looks like just putting it to the back of my head and acting like it just never happened at all but the thing with that is it yes. comes back up, right? It, it does. It's going to mm, come back It up. always resurfaces. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. you're not dealing with it. Um, I guess just to give a preface of what a defense mechanism is, it's basically your baseline reaction to dealing with stress or trauma. And when I say your baseline, I mean it's this unconscious thing that you do when you're faced with stressful situations. So like I said, I avoid, right? Other people might get defensive. Other people might start to intellectualize the situation, right? And by intellectualize, I mean, they try to make, they try to rationalize the situation and make sense out of the situation instead of taking it for what it is and then trying to deal with it and cope with it and work through it, right? So that's basically what a defense mechanism is. It's that immediate unconscious reaction that you have to these stressful situations, whereas that coping mechanism are these external things that you do 
to deal with the situation and when you deal with it you can either deal with it in a positive way or a negative way right <laughs> so i'm really something about you saying um intellectualizing a situation <laughs> something about you just just trying to make sense of a situation something about you saying that just really hit a nerve for me and i have a feeling it might hit a nerve for a lot of people because when you don't take a situation for what it is you like you said you try to rationalize it by deciding i don't want that to be my reality mm -hmm. this is how i want my reality to look right now because this is how i can deal with it when that in itself is not a very healthy way to do it there's a there's a difference between rationalizing you know the situation being irrational about it and looking for the good in a situation they are totally different you know so when you're picking and choosing what you want your reality to be you know just to avoid what it truly is that in itself is a whole unhealthy situation yeah you know because it's one of those things where you're, you're trying to convince yourself that this is what the situation is when it's really not you know so you're going to act act accordingly to something that's very unrealistic because you're picking and choosing you know and that right there like you said is a form it's a defense mechanism you know it, it's it's unconscious you just you don't know that's what you're what you've always done but that's what exactly what's happening you yeah. know yeah and, and and that in itself is a very rational you know thing to do it's a very irrational way of thinking or going about anything for that matter because you can't go through life picking and choosing your reality sometimes you have to take situations for what they are i used to always say there's a good in every single situation no matter how bad it is you just have to look for it you know but in this situation that's not necessarily what we're talking about here yeah you know yeah, that's that's not necessarily I agree. And I think the, the biggest part of the defense mechanism piece is that we're not preparing ourselves to deal with the same or similar situations in the future. Right. So in my experience, like I say, I avoid. So when I'm faced with other stressors, I'm just going to keep avoiding. And what it's doing, it's very deteriorating me mentally, emotionally, and sometimes physically, because I'm not preparing myself to learn how to deal with stressful situations. So when they come up and mm -hmm. I keep avoiding, I'm basically putting myself in a worse situation mentally, emotionally, and physically, like I said earlier. So we're always going to be faced with stressful situations because, like I said, they don't have to be negative stressful situations. They can be positive stressful situations as well. It's inevitable. We cannot avoid stress. So what we're talking about yeah. today is instead of tapping into those defense mechanisms, we're encouraging people to develop ways to cope with them in order to prepare yourself to learn, develop the skills that you need to deal with similar situations in the future. Right. So that's basically right. what that is. Um, and just to tap into like coping mechanisms, right? So I know you said earlier, there's some good ones and there's some not so good ones. So are there any that come up for you while we're talking? 
it always comes back to the control part of it <laughs> for me. And unfortunately, that is something that I feel like I have um, recently recognized within myself. You know, my need to be in control and my need to try to get ahead of a situation, sometimes before the situation even happens, you know? And that's very good for any one person mentally because it's almost like I'm bringing this unnecessary stress on myself. How do you get before, sometimes before a bad situation without the situation even happening? You know, that in itself is something else. It's because in my mind, I'm always anticipating the worst. Yes. You know, that's not a healthy way of thinking. That's not a healthy way of living. So because of that, I'm always wanting to be in control because if I'm in control, this will not happen. Mm -hmm. If I'm in control, I can prevent stress. You know, if I'm in control, then my reality will look in the way that I want it to be. My reality would look in a way where I know I can handle it mm -hmm. and I know I can deal with it appropriately. That is some heavy stuff right there. That is some, yes, because I don't want to refer to myself as a psycho, but it's, it takes a lot. It takes a no. lot. It's mentally draining. It's emotionally draining just living like that. Yeah. You know, so with just hearing all the things that you're saying and just everything that we're talking about right now, I really try to think about myself in that context. And that's what's coming up for me. You know, and it's something, fortunately, that I've recognized and I try my hardest and my due diligence, you know, to work on it. You know, we always say, let go and let God, mm -hmm. you know, that is something I've truly been trying, you know, to let go of, you know, the various situations, you know, and let God let go of this and just let the, the, the cookie crumble, however it may. And yeah. then when it does, then I deal with it accordingly, yeah. you know, then I approach the situation accordingly. You know, if I feel like I need time to process it, to ensure that I deal with it in a healthy way, then I wait for that to happen. Then I process it and then I handle it accordingly based on whatever the situation is presenting to me and not put myself in this big old ball of stress before it even happens. Well, so that's the number one. It's really a lot. <laughs> you said a mouthful, right? And we can even get into the conversation about unhealthy thinking patterns, thinking, thinking, whatever we want to call it. But that's a whole other conversation that we're going to have because you talked about, you know, thinking about the worst. So you talked about being a catastrophizer, which brought up for me how mm -hmm. I'm a minimizer, right? I just, I'm just like, it ain't even that serious. It's not that, but that goes into my opinion yep. too right <laughs> so <laughs> that's so <laughs> interesting that is so interesting and we definitely have to make an episode about that to help the folks identify their unhealthy thinking patterns <laughs> but yeah definitely yes this, this, this just goes to show how if we do not practice the healthy coping mechanism you know, this is what it will lead to. And if yeah. us as mental health professionals are experiencing these things, you know, where we're able to probably navigate or acknowledge these things a little bit sooner than the average person who may not be able to do that, I cannot imagine how much of a challenge that is. You know, so for us to be 
sharing this with you guys, you know, it's also further to let you know that yes, we're mental health professionals, but we're humans as well. We experience stress just like everybody else. We have unhealthy traits, unhealthy defense mechanisms, just like everybody else, you know, but what really um, all of this is about is just how can we acknowledge these unhealthy traits, you know, and turn them into something that's healthy, healthy coping mechanisms, yeah. you know, so that we can foster a better way of thinking, foster a better way of like um, having a healthier mental fortitude, you know, for our own self, you know, so us being vulnerable allows you know, for us to show you guys that we go through these things as well. We're not sitting here as mental health professionals to tell you what to do and what not to do. We go through these things as well. You know, so we also want to share our personal shortcomings and our vulner vulnerabilities with you guys as well. You know, and so we can all figure out what can we do to get to a healthier place in our life to maintain an, a healthy emotional well-being. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree because as I think about like the different unhealthy coping mechanisms, I can just put myself in a lot of mm -hmm. those areas, right? These are things that I used to do. And like you said, once we become self-aware, then we're more intentional about practicing healthy, healthy coping mechanism, but it takes work. You know, it takes work. And I know when you think about coping mechanism and we could sit here and we could list them, but we understand that it takes work. And sometimes I relapse into my defense mechanisms, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes I relapse into wanting to indulge my unhealthy coping mechanisms because it gives you that instant gratification. Like in this moment, I feel like I have some type of control, right? So one thing I think of is like that numbing. So one unhealthy coping mechanism is numbing, right? And this is like engaging in different behaviors that kind of go back to what I was saying earlier, make you feel numb to the situation you don't want to deal with the situation yeah. in that moment and one thing that i used to do is like eat a whole bunch of junk food <laughs> 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 and I knew, like listen if i'm stressed i'm just gonna eat and that's just gonna be what it is right and for some people it might be drug yeah. use. for other people it might be alcohol use right so those are different like numbing or self-soothing techniques that are coping mechanism that people use that might not be the healthiest way to go about it um especially <laughs> as an athlete <laughs> that's supposed to be trying yeah. healthy right but when i was stressed man i was like listen i'm gonna eat all these doritos <laughs> all five bags of them and <laughs> i'm just not even gonna pay attention to what is happening um but yeah. yeah, absolutely. So take some time, you guys, to think about, you know, now that we have explained these different coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms, you take some time to think about, you know, what are your defensive mechanisms? You know, what are your unhealthy coping mechanism? You know, and just we're going to talk about here in a little bit, you know, the different types of healthier or healthy coping mechanism, you know, that you can use to replace that, you know, so 
I'm going to go ahead and put out there one of the ones that is very near and dear to me that I will forever stay true to is journaling. For as long as I've known myself, yes. I am always writing, writing, writing. That to me is my number one healthy coping mechanism. I always tell myself, if I can get it out of my head, if I can get it off of my chest, off my heart, I can put it on paper. Yes. And that's exactly what I do. And I try to associate that with the stress physically leaving my body. Emo those, those unhealthy built up emotions and reactions to whatever the situation is doing. Writing is my way of physically taking it from myself and putting it in my journal. And it's, all, and it's not that once it's in my journal, I don't deal with it. It's just something about writing it out just starts making me think about how can I handle this situation in a, in a healthier way or in a more rational way, you know, because now that I've taken, I've removed, you know, the irrational thoughts or the irrational reactions or feelings, you know, from myself and I'm seeing it now, I suddenly start thinking, Ooh, there, that would have been a lot of regrets, you know, right there, you know, so how can I, you know, approach this in a healthier way. You know, if it's a situation that has to do with people, what can I do, you know, to mend this, my relationship with them, you know, or how can I go about admitting that I was wrong or apologizing, you know? So believe it or not, a lot of this and a lot of these ideas come from journaling. Yeah. You know, so that's one of them I, I, I can think of. What do you, what do you usually do? Yeah, and as you when were, you're not eating, right? <laughs> well, the, on the healthier side of that, um, definitely physical exercise is a great coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Like that's one way to just sweat it out. You know, you go out there and you just put all your frustrations out in the weight room. So I like heavy lifting. And that's probably one reason why I'm not as consistent as I need to, because I try to go back in and I just try to start mm -hmm. lifting heavy. And then after three days, I'm sore and I go sit down. Mm -hmm. But definitely physical exercise <laughs> is a great coping mechanism. Um, mm -hmm. And that could look, it doesn't even have to be running or lifting. It could be yoga you know, um, practicing that mindfulness, um, just staying in tune with your breathing, stretching, um, going for a swim, going for a walk, dancing, engaging in any type of physical activity is a great coping mechanism, um, right? And then- I Or for us to make you can go dancing, go to a party, yes. something. Yes, definitely. And I even talk, I even think about support. So I am big on community and forming relationships and just leaning on my friends when different things are going on. Because like I shared earlier, I'm an avoider, right? And that's on the unhealthy coping mechanism that goes with that avoiding self um defense mechanism is basically uh, escaping, right? So isolating yourself mm -hmm. from your support system. So when you're faced with stressful situations, I know mm -hmm. as Jamaicans, sometimes you're like, you know, I don't want to bother anybody with my problem. Like, you know, I let everybody know my business. Yeah. I don't bother people with my problem. That's right. Yeah, but sometimes that's really just your way of defending yourself 
or finding some way to get control, right? So now you're isolating yourself mm -hmm. from your friends and your family. You're not talking to anybody. They're calling you. You're not answering the phone. So on the upside of that is getting that support, leaning into your safe people, kind of feeding off what we talked about in our last episode. You know, you don't have to go to everybody. You know, you don't have to tell everybody your business. Yeah say but identify those safe people that you trust and know that you can go to when you need support because that is a tool like we are a community oriented culture right so support and that yeah. collectivism is a big part of different ways in which we can cope so those are the two main ones for me you know, engaging in physical activity and then leaning on my girls, you know, leaning on my friends, leaning on my folks that I know that mm -hmm. I trust um, are two ways in which I cope. Two of them that I want to mention that I feel like this one, it requires for us to be a little bit more assertive. You know, it might be um, a little bit harder for some people. And that's just taking responsibility for the situation. You know, that's a healthy, and a healthy, healthy coping mechanism. Because if not, we will fall into that defense mechanism of projecting. You know, yeah. it's not me, it's that person. Or it's not me, it's the situation. So taking responsibility for the situation is one. Um, another one is engaging in problem solving. You know, don't be the problem be the one that's problem solving you know so just finding different ways into where you can turn the situation you know into something more positive into something more functional where it's working in your favor and it's not so much of a stress you know so don't be the problem you know be a part of finding the solution you know like you said maintaining emotionally supportive relationships yeah can you imagine not being able to have no one to talk to about anything you know, you're left with yourself and your thoughts in your head, you know, that's not very healthy, you know, so even if it's just one person, you know, we, we're going to come back and say, you know, even if it's finding a therapist, but even if you're, if you're not at that place just yet to where you want to find a therapist, you know, find a trusted friend, you know, maybe a teacher, an aunt, you know, the guy that lives down the street that always gives you cherries from his tree. Something. <laughs> you know, somebody that you feel like, someone that you feel like you can talk to, you know, so don't trap yourself, your own self with your, your thoughts in your head. You know, that in itself is um, unhealthy. You know, listen to music. Music, you know, the, the type of music that, that's lifting for you. You know, just whatever it is that you find that will put you in a better mood or in a more uplifting spirit, let that be the thing that grounds you. Don't let your defense mechanism be the thing that you always turn to. Yeah. You know, try to get yourself in the habit of turning to the healthy thing, um, the healthy thing that you know will make a situation better for you. You know, go for a walk, take a, you know, get some fresh air. You know, for me, another one is cooking, you know, so it's not all bad with the eating, you, Yeah. you know, so no, cooking is very therapeutic for me. Yeah. So just finding those things, you know, that, you know, will put you in a better mindset 
to where you're better able to rationalize about the situation because sometimes the, we have to remind ourselves the mind is a powerful thing it starts up here you know so if you can get everything figured out up here and be in a better mental state at that moment in time then it will allow you to see whatever the situation is whatever the stressor is through clearer eyes and ultimately that's what you want because if you're able to be that much more rational you can make better decisions you can make better choices and the situation will end up being not as terrible as you expected or it's more manageable you know live in the moment focus on the here and now you know being present you know expressing gratitude you know even if the only thing right now you're grateful for is the the air that you're breathing that's more than enough yeah you know so just thinking of those things getting yourself back to a mindset so that you can approach the situation in in a healthier way yeah definitely and i agree with all of that and i think it this is an important topic because when you think of just engaging in healthy coping mechanism to tie it into just our platform of mental health right you engaging in those help to increase mm -hmm. and improve your mental health and when you're engaging in those maladaptive coping mechanisms such as avoiding or isolating drinking you know using drugs that's basically deteriorating your mental health. So this is not only a way to cope mm -hmm. with different stressors, but it's also a way to increase your mental well-being, right? So it's really important that you are finding positive ways to deal with different things that you're, you're faced with. And I love how you talked about, you know, just being grateful. What I just... Um, uh invested in the other day was a gratitude jar right our guest from one of our past um episodes nikita she made these gratitude jars for thanksgiving and i purchased one and it just came with these different sticky notes that you can write something that you're grateful for and then put it in a jar and i think it's such a great concept kind of going back to what chrisanne was talking about with journaling yeah. You know, sometimes when I have a bad day, those are the days when I really try to be intentional about writing something that I'm grateful for, because it's so easy for us to be consumed by all the things that are going wrong, right, that we overlook even the one good thing that happened that day. So that gratitude jar is one thing that really mm -hmm. forces me to think about, all right, what's something good that happened today? And I write it down and I'm like, oh man, I thought today was all bad, but here's one good thing that happened and I put it in my jar, right? So mm -hmm. that's even a way that you can do it. So there's so many different things that you can do, even hobbies that you might have or things that you do on a daily basis once you're intentional about them, they can become positive coping mechanisms for you. Like Chrisanne said, cooking is a positive one for her, right? It can be something as simple as cleaning, like day-to-day -day things that you do. When before COVID, one of my biggest things was getting my coffee on the way to work, going there early and sitting in the car for like five minutes and just drinking my coffee mm -hmm. in silence. The radio's not on, nothing, right? Well, that's bad. 
<laughs> and then I do the same thing on the way home without the coffee. Like I pull up at the house and I just sit in the car for five minutes and I just unwind. Right. Yes. And I get myself in the right mental frame before I even go in the house. So it can be some really small things as long as you just change your perception or perspective on them and become more intentional about engaging in these things it can definitely become a positive coping skill for you. Yes, absolutely. So these words might sound very intimidating, coping mechanisms or defense mechanisms, you know, but just as how we just broke it down for you guys, it's really like Dr. Marshall said, it's a simple day-to-day -day things, you know, that you do. It's the part of it that we really need to get to is just the habit of doing it, the habit of, you know, practicing it and allowing it to become a part of us, you know, as something that we turn to do, you know, we turn to whenever we're in a difficult situation or a stressful situation. So as you go about your day-to-day -day activities, you know, think about the things that you feel like you can adapt as a coping mechanism for yourself. You know, it's not anything that's out of your way because if it's part of your daily activity, you're already going to do it anyway. You know, so take some time, you know, to think about all of that and see what would work best for you in these various situations. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Chrisan. This was a great episode. And I look forward to our next session. Sounds good. While we do hope that you enjoy listening to and learning from this podcast, this is not meant to replace the relationship with a licensed professional counselor.